status of my real clip for us to close before we start. Now recording. <laughs> Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juice and the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I am your host, Joshua Tracy. I'm Corwin Heller. And I didn't make he- any stupid joke that time. No, you didn't, but then you raised attention to the fact that you didn't, and that makes it worse. See, um, I thought about that and thought I had to do it, because otherwise it would just be too weird and normal. All right, I'll let you start the podcast now. Whatever <laughs> floats your boat, man. Uh, once again, coming to you on the, the, the fucking radio waves as well as YouTube shit, which means that we got Josh's going through his hats again, episode two, with the, the A Tribe Call Quest dad cap this time that's 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 today's hat that's hat number two is that that style of baseball cap it yeah when it's cap? like yeah when it's like unstructured like that i know the the hats well i just never knew it had a name yeah that's what they're called now you know now you know the more you Bitch. know all right anyway <laughs> welcome to the show today there is not anything crazy going on too much um mlb spring training has kicked off today as we're recording this um so the day this releases february 18th it appears as though all is on track with the mlb season um which is you know not to say it's without issue for instance where are the blue jays playing this year does anybody know um, but, uh, it appears as though, despite the fact that there was, um, you know, rule change and negotiation holdout shit going on, like just last week or not holdout, but po- possible delays. Um, it appears as though, fuck that we're still going. Um, so that's nice. Nothing to say yet. Um, a surprising lack of best shape of their life tweets so far. I have noticed that my, my Twitter feed is not full of pictures of athletes looking very similar to how they looked last year, but saying best shape of their life. Um, so, you know, you know how like that we joke that that happens every year and it's like, no, everyone's just in like their normal shape or it, they are in great shape. It just doesn't affect anything on the field. Yeah. What if this year everyone's just super fucking fat? And nobody's tweeting that out because it's like, no, it's like really noticeable that we're not actually in the best shapes of our lives. Everyone shows up like James Harden. (laughs) Have we like debunked whether or not that was like him actually being really fat or just like a a silly angle? No, he was definitely that fat. But the, the thing like. Man, so that's what makes baseball such an interesting sport, because it was one of the it was the first sport where the players started making enough during the course of the year that in the off season, they could hire trainers. So like, like Babe Ruth was the first athlete to hire an off season trainer to show up to spring training in shape because the way it used to go and football was like this until like the fucking eighties is that you got in shape when you showed up to spring training or, or summer camp or like whatever the, your sports version of that is. Um, and honestly, that's the thing. Like I didn't really get everyone shitting on Harden for it because like, if I'm, if, you got to do what you got to do, man. If you got to bury your feelings into food and then figure your shit out when the basketball season starts, figure that shit out when the basketball season starts, man. You know, like fucking down the Krispy Kremes. <laughs> you, you do what you got to do to survive. Figure the rest of that shit out later. 
I just want to see like some reporter make a comment or somebody tweet at like an athlete and then just have them respond with like, like, bitch, did you not know what we were doing for the past eight months? Like, I never left my apartment. This is the first time seeing sunlight in over a year. Like, come on. Of course, I got fat. I I got money and nowhere to go. (laughs) Postmates every day. (laughs) It's honestly, I'm so happy that was not a habit I picked up of just like ordering food and just like, ah can't go outside yeah. uh, i can't i can't fuck with the fees i i i uh, know that's the whole thing because like i don't know about you but I, this is so not sports but i i'm the type of person where it's like if i see an item that costs 25 dollars with free shipping or an item that costs 20 dollars with five dollars of shipping i will buy the 25 dollar yeah. an item with mm-hmm. 25 with free shipping because in my mind i'm not paying for the shipping even though i know i'm paying for the shipping yep. Ugh. yeah but anyway neither here nor there um, so baseball, it's exciting because because the, the season's starting to heat up, which means we're going to be starting to get some actual baseball content instead of MLB Network's top ten lists, which suck. Um, They're not good. Oh my god, they get worse every year. And anyway, um, I opened like three of them and was like, I'm done. I'll see you in 2022. And it's crazy because it's like. Like with the NFL, maybe you could argue like, ah, well, you know, we need to generate some clicks. So we have some hot takes in there. Baseball, it's like, you should be lucky people are clicking on this. Like put together quality content and then worry about what happens next. But anyway, um, so there's not too much going on with that right now. We're going to keep tabs on and see what's happening. Derek Dietrich got uh, an in spring training invite to the Yankees spring training, which uh, Yankees fans are curious about and are now posting a bunch of videos of him pimping home runs. And that's fun. Um, but that's not news. So um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing to really say about it. Yeah. Uh, NHL He's, doesn't have, oh, go ahead. I really want to see him go sign with the Rockies just so that he has like those three, four games a year again, where he just doesn't wear sleeves. Like with the Reds that one time. That's fun. Yeah, but that would require the Rockies paying somebody. No, dude, you could get Derek Dietrich for like 30, 40 bucks and a thing of steroids. Easy. Yeah, but you see, I I think 30 or 40 bucks is more than ownership is willing to pay. They're Um, just going to have an empty left field. Just like leave no player there. The Rockies are going to be the first team to field eight players. (laughs) That's Davey, the invisible left fielder. He's out there somewhere. It's a new shift. He's just really <laughs> bad at defense right now. He drops a lot of balls. We just really trust our pitching. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, they're so cheap. Um, oh, and- we hate the Rockies now. Yes, we do. Um, yes, we do. But that's that. Uh, so there's not too much going on. NHL, I have nothing creative to say other than the Rangers suck, and I can't wait for us to fire Dan Quinn. Um the Dallas game got canceled because Texas can't figure out fucking how power grids work. Uh, it's not that they can't figure it out. It's that they privatized it because uh, apparently Texas operates under the model of fuck you, um, which I think we knew. But yeah, uh, they're about to start costing some very rich people uh, large quantities of dollars if um, these sporting events can't take place. So but that's how we make progress. Yes. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so. 
we'll see what's going on with that. The NHL has also had a, a lot of games get postponed uh, due to COVID. So who the fuck knows what's happening with the NHL right now? But I have nothing creative to say about it. Um, shit, I've been watching a lot more hockey this year, and I'm happy about it. I've been watching a lot of the games on my phone, which makes it really tough to really feel like what's uh, I'm 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 getting the the nitty gritty of what's going on. Um, but I can say with confidence that um, Igor Shosturkin's looking mediocre, um, and Adam Fox might be God. So yeah, uh, yeah, I I think he is a deity. Um, yeah, I'm convinced. So. We'll I see. really like that both of our teams have really good young defensemen that are just like popping up and just like, hey, we kick ass while the rest of our team falls apart. It's so weird. I don't know about the Penguins, but it's so weird for the Rangers to be losing games like three to one instead of losing games like four to three. Like our offense is just gone. After having like good offenses and bad defenses forever, now all of a sudden we have no offense and a mediocre defense and goaltending is eh. I yeah, I don't get it. But what, what? um Yeah, no, the Pens can't score to save their fucking lives either. Um it's like so far and away the lowest percentage of power play like effectiveness in the NHL and it's just fucking a nightmare. All right. But in, instead, okay. there is some fun stuff happening. Oh, there's a bunch of larger headlines of things going on in the NFL, despite the fact that we are still not yet in the free agency period. It opens up in about a month. Um, there's still a lot of roster movements happening right now and leading to some indicators to what might end up happening once we enter the official free agency period um, in a little bit. So, one of the first big things that happened that we said we talked about last week and, and then didn't get the time is uh, JJ Watt getting cut by the Texans. Um, For some reason, just because, well, because he asked, which I accept as a reason in a different universe, in a universe where Deshaun Watson didn't also ask to get off the team and where the Texans aren't run like a monster organization and they're willing to do what players want, if it, even if it might be at cost for the organization, sure, then it all makes sense. Instead, they're trading their franchise player, sorry, cutting their franchise player instead of trading him to get back fucking anything. Um, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I'm not, this obviously isn't prime JJ Watt we're talking about because he's older. Um, he's, but he's still a very effective player. I know um, we talk about PFF being kind of good, kind of really awful, uh, depending on you know what day it is. Uh, but he was rated as a ninety-two point one like interior defensive lineman last year. So like when he wasn't rushing on the edge, when he moved inside 92.1 is like all pro level play. And, you know, he's gotten slower with age, obviously, you know, it happens to every player, but he's maintained that power. He's maintained the technique and he's playing like a all pro defensive tackle now, or, you know, three, four defensive ends. So 
he's still as good as ever. Maybe not 21 sacks good, but he's still a premier pass rusher. And I fucking would love if the Steelers could sign all three Watts. This is the worst possible year for this, you know, opportunity to come about. So it probably won't happen unless he just decides to be like, hey, I have enough money or we're all going to just pool our contracts and I'll take the minimum because otherwise it's not getting done. Yeah, Texas is having a real problem with wattage this uh, this past week or so. Um, How fucking long have you been sitting on that joke? Like two minutes. I fucking hate you. So. Uh, yeah, that was bad, but oh well. I had I I was contractually obligated. Um, I I I guess he's ring chasing, so he'll go. He'll probably go to the Rams for like fifty million dollars a year, and we'll all be like, "How can the Rams afford this?" And then the Rams will be like, "We don't know either." <laughs> but Somebody no one tell checking. us that we're not breaking the law right now, please. Someone. Oh man. Um. Yeah, the, the Rams should get audited by the IRS. We need to figure out what's going on in there. But, no, I mean, I guess this actually might segue us a little bit earlier than I anticipated into the QB market conversation that we were planning on having. Because it's it's tough to figure out where J.J. Watt would go. Green Bay has been floated, um, which I don't think is an awful pick um, because Green Bay's window is basically however long Aaron Rodgers' window is. And Aaron Rodgers' window of being really fucking good might be the – I'm not saying it is, but it might be the same amount of time as J.J. Watt's window is of still being very effective. And so from that perspective of just trying to get the most out of the – again, relative – I'm not trying to make a song J.J. Watt's decrepit, but you know the relatively older player that J.J. Watt is, that might be a good fit in terms of what Green Bay needs defensively and – Playoff window, um, because you look at Seattle. Seattle might be trading Russell Wilson away. Look at the Rams. I just don't know how they'd afford it. Um, the Niners are in too weird of a spot, I think, to really go for this. I, I mean, we could we could w- walk our way through a bunch of teams, but there's not there's no like obvious obvious gimme team. Even even the Steelers, I think, are a little bit tough to truly justify when they don't know what's happening with Ben Roethlisberger and what the status of the team will be. And, you know, it might end up being the Steelers are tank next year to get a draft pick or trade for – well, they can't trade for Russell Wilson. Their cap situation is bonkers. Um, but trade for somebody. Um, and then that's a great spot for J.J. Watt afterwards. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all shoulders. I, I got no idea. I like just trying to think through all of the different situations in my head. I think the Colts would be the only team or like is the team that is the most open to getting to signing a QB to trading for a QB, drafting a QB, blah, 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 blah. You know, Philip Rivers retiring. They have Jacoby Brissett still, which I think he's more capable than people give him credit for at the same time. I would, I'm not going to pretend like he's a, a top above average QB even. Um, and their draft position isn't low enough to just be like, ah, they'll draft one. Their cap space is definitely open to where, you know, I think they have something like $70 million in cap space right now, which holy shit. Like I would, 
I would kick a dog for the Steelers to have that much. I wouldn't. I'm sorry. But they could sign one. They could trade for one. They could draft one. They're the only team with all three possibilities very open. Um, I'm really excited to get into the QB draft this year. I know you, I said I was going to do that and break it down, and this is going to be a good year for it. Do you think J.J. Watt signs somewhere before we see more movement on the quarterback market, or do you think J.J. Watt signs bef- uh, after? I don't think QBs are really going to move until after the draft. Um, mm, I might uh, disagree because I, Sam I Darnold's going to move before the draft. Uh, if if he does, if Sam Darnold's going to move, he's going to move before the draft. I would be my guess. Yeah, and now I'm, the more I'm thinking about it, the more it makes sense for teams not in the top fifteen to be looking at QBs before it gets to that point. Fuck. I guess I think I think QBs will happen first. I think. JJ's, you know, his first time hitting free agency, you know, his first time ever dealing with this. I think he's definitely in a situation to wait and see and play it out and just let it, you know, figure itself out. Yeah, I think QBs will move beforehand because I think uh, that will definitely affect where he decides he wants to go. All right. So then maybe let's pivot into that conversation now um, while we're kind of kind of tap dancing around it. Um Corn and I were talking before we started recording. This is truly a singular time in the quarterback market in the NFL with how many teams are getting ready to make a change in their quarterback situation. Um, Whether that is drafting a new quarterback like Jacksonville um, or looking to trade away their current quarterback like the Lions and Rams just did and like the Texans, Jets, and uh, I was going to say Mariners, Seahawks um, are very or some degree of likely to, in addition to quarterback retirement situations like Pittsburgh and quarterback just vacancies like New England. So the way it stands right now, if we just go through it, I'm just going to go through it by division just to really give a picture for, well, kind of us, for where these quarterback situations are for the AFC East, New England has an opening because Cam Newton's deal was one year. The jets are in flux because they have the number two overall pick and are likely to get rid of Sam Darnold. Well, or I guess I should say um, in the AFC North Pittsburgh's a big question mark with Sam with um, Ben Roethlisberger, which got highlighted uh, today during a uh, press briefing or whatever they call it with uh, the Steelers GM uh, and the AFC South <clears throat> the Colts have an opening. Uh, uh, fucking Philip Rivers retired. Um, Houston is, I would still guess, going to trade Deshaun Watson, even though the front office is making it sound like they wouldn't want to. Um, Jacksonville is going to be drafting a quarterback first overall. And then in the AFC West, unless they're crazy, unless they're which crazy, which I won't, I won't say is not an option. Actually, the AFC West might be the only, uh, I guess Derek Carr could be a trade piece for the Raiders but outside of that I would guess everyone's pretty stationary in the West um, I don't think Denver would be making any moves just because I don't think they know where they are and I don't think this is a good time for them to make a splash like that um, but what do you think Derek Carr would move 
Would I, anyone I want him? So I don't think they'd want to move him, and I don't think anyone would be giving up anything to get him. I mean, I know they have Marcus Mariota, who played well in one start. Um, I can't really imagine them not starting Derek Carr uh, unless they were to have a QB fall into their laps and it's like, well, it's stupid not to take them. Right. All right. So then let, let, let's call Derek Carr not, not moving. So the AFC West then all good, apparently. Uh, Denver. Denver's a big question mark. Well, I, I, there's, there's a lot of talk around them not being as enamored in Drew Locke as they were at this point last year. Well, at this point last year, they had a different GM. <laughs> that's true. But the, there has been a lot of talk of them making moves around Drew Locke. Do you think the with, they have the ninth overall pick? Do you think draft is more likely or one of these trade situations? I think draft just because there's four guys who are all probably going to be drafted in the top 10 this year and you know there's such good players outside of qb like it's not like it's a qb only front end of the draft like you have linebackers offensive linemen so many wide receivers um that one of them could easily fall to number nine where they just snatch them up right all right let's keep it going nfc east washington is a huge question mark the Giants, I guess, are going to stay with Daniel Jones. The Cowboys, I would assume, are going to figure something out with Dak. I would assume it doesn't make any sense for them to do anything else. Um, especially It'd be crazy for the in, Cowboys not to resign Dak. Well, especially in, in, in this quarterback free agency market where he might end up being able to be a huge piece um, for of, of certainty for either Dallas or somebody else. I mean, even if you want to argue about – what he's worth or whatever. I mean, it it's open fucking market right now. He could get into a bidding war with like four teams, depending on what we're looking at here. So and I would especially assume... when and especially when we are not sure what the training camp situation is gonna be like next year or this year, excuse me. Right. Where it was so diminished last year. The situation hasn't really changed all that much. So it's probably going to be fairly reduced again this year. And having a guy in the locker room be your starter, starting QB with the same playbook, knows everything he needs to know, don't have to worry about him, is much more valuable this year than any other year. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and then the fucking Eagles. Yeah, I was going to say, then then the Eagles, which they're currently, I guess, still shopping Carson Wentz, even though those rumors have been weeks old. I, I would hope that they're still trying to work on that because it doesn't make any sense for them to hang on to that either when it seems to there to be a lot of bad blood there. Uh, NFC North, Green Bay's fine. Chicago, who the fuck knows? Um, they sh- they're they're, they're the probably due for it. Yeah, yeah, seriously, the connection there is very close. Um Minnesota. When does Kirk Cousins is no? He signed that extension. When does his extension run to? Uh, not soon enough. But I am actually on spot track, so I could look it up. Oh, thank you. That would be great. I had Kirk typed in. I didn't really feel like doing the rest. Um, for anyone curious, when you type, type in, in Kirk, Kirk, the top there's not a lot three. 
is Kirk Cameron, Kirk Douglas, and Kirk Cousins. And there's too many. There's too many cuss sounds. If you search Kirk in Spot Track, it goes Kirk Cousins, Christian Kirksey, Kevin Shatton, Kirk, Christian Kirk, and then the next Kirk is Kirk Merritt, a wide receiver for the Dolphins. Nope. And then a bunch of golfers. But that should surprise no one. He's under contract through 2022. All right. So he's not going to come up yet, I guess. Um, He's fully guaranteed. So it's not like he's a good cut option. Well, I was wondering if I was wondering about trade. Nobody wants him. Playoff fringe team that might be willing to eat one year of a contract. Nobody wants him. I mean, you're not wrong. Nobody wants him. Also, I do want to point out Jacoby Brissett is a free agent. Oh shit. That actually so makes things a lot, need a lot more complicated. To sign a QB. Yeah, yeah. Um all right, keeping it going. So uh Detroit just made a trade. Detroit's not doing anything. Um, one would think. Oh fuck, the Saints. Shit. Yeah, they need a quarterback. <laughs> um, I they could they could totally start Jameis Winston for a season and it wouldn't be the end of the world. I don't think he's under contract either. Oh, is he not? Was that a one-year deal? Pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure it's like... uh, God, trying to remember how to spell Jameis is just always so fucking weird. Jameis. Um, but he is a free agent. Oh, my God. Dude, this is, this is the fucking apocalypse. So it's the Taysom Hill show until proven otherwise. Which I oh hope my god, they, they shouldn't me a, prove otherwise. Yeah, and he's even on the last year of his deal too. Twenty twenty one. Dude, this is fucking nuts. This it's it's actually getting worse the farther we go through. Or I guess the pool of players is getting larger as we go through this, which I didn't even think was possible because of all these fucking openings. But um, mm-hmm. let's keep soldiering on. Tampa is going to be fine for at least this year because Brady signed through this upcoming season so they'll call them locked in carolina and atlanta i'm actually not confident about either of them no teddy is great but teddy's ceiling is fairly capped and i know joe brady wants to seriously sling the ball they have the cap space carolina has been an an active participant in the trade rumors sorry my mic turned off but i didn't think anything happened like you could still hear me so i got confused that's okay uh and then yeah atlanta they're rebuilding matt ryan is getting older and he still has value i could see him easily being a significant trade piece that could move what um what when when does his contract run up since you're on spot track. I think he has two more years. Yeah, I am not sure. But again, there might be some cap space heavy teams who are cool with eating a little bit of shit to be competitive for a couple more seasons. He has three more years. Oh, contract. that's a lot. But there's a potential out in 2022. Yeah, that's still a lot, though. Tim Tebow just retired from baseball. You give a shit? Okay. He just got an uh, an invite. He gets an invite every year, and then he bats like one eighty in the fucking like double A. You know, 
not he's even. He's there to I think sell fucking tickets. I think tickets. it was even lower. I think it was like a 150 in spring training. Tim Tebow might be the dumbest man alive. Why? Dude's still getting paid actual money to play baseball at like 36 years old. Because and he, he's still, he took because an he's opportunity. Still, and he still has money. So it's like he just gets to play baseball for fun. I mean, I guess you're right, but like the dude got told, like, "Hey, if you're willing to just change positions, you can hang in the NFL." He was like, "No, I'm a quarterback." Um, when it's like, man, I don't sir, think those you are. Serious. Wait, he's only 33. Yeah. Oh man, I've been hearing far too much about him. I I thought he was 36. I thought so too, but he got drafted in 2010. Ugh. So last year with AAA Syracuse in 77 games. I'm sorry, 2019. Jeez. Well, shortened season. They didn't do minor league shit. That actually makes sense. 2019, Tebow batted with Syracuse AAA, um, 163, 240, 255. Good for an OPS of 495. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. He had 39 hits. 10 doubles, no triples, four home runs, 19 RBIs, two stolen bases, and two caught stealings, 20 walks, and 98 strikeouts. Oh, oh okay. boy. Oh, we, Timmy, you ain't praying hard enough. We need to transition over to just talking about t- Tim Tebow's draft class. Not, no, not today. That's a different day. No, Josh, it is so deep. Just for a little bit. We we don't need to spend the rest of the podcast. All right, for for here, let's finish running through the the list of QB needed teams because we're almost done, and then we'll loop back to that because we just have the NFC West left. So you get that up. Um, But NFC West, Seattle potentially in flux because there's talk about Russell Wilson's discontent in um, in Seattle and potentially uh, requesting a trade from there. The Rams just made a trade. Arizona seems fine. San Francisco, this might be a good opportunity for them to do something about their quarterback situation. Jimmy G has been, well, I'm going to say what most people kind of expected him to be. Um, And San Francisco was quickly realizing, hey, that's not good enough, Um, which I think almost everyone could have told you at the time that they signed him. But um, everyone's life is their own journey. (laughs) So... They're realizing it when they realize it. But, uh, I mean, there's 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 a chance that three out of four teams in the NFC West make QB changes this offseason, too. So, all right, tell me about Tim Tebow's draft class. All right, drafted 2010. You want to take a guess at who the first overall pick was? 2010? Mm-hmm. J.J. Watt? No, that was... He got drafted, like, eighth or something. Hmm. Matt's no, not Matt Stafford. It'd be it, he's earlier than that. He was actually like the year after. Year, I, I thought Matt Stafford was 09. Maybe you were right. Because I thought they drafted him the year after they had their 0 16 season. Yep, you're right. I have no idea who was Showed first me up, Josh. Sam Bradford, QB oh out of God. Oklahoma. Yeah. Wow. That was only 2010? <laughs> yeah. J.J. Dude, Watt, by the you way. You could have told me Sam Bradford was drafted in 05, and I would have believed you. Yep. 
Sam Bradford. This is an outrageous draft class. So I'm just going to start reading through the names and let you just soak it in. All right. I don't know how else we're going to talk about it. Second overall, Nadama Kinsu. Followed in like sequential order of Gerald McCoy, all pro. Trent Williams, all pro. Eric Berry, all pro. (laughs) Russell Okung, pro bowler. Joe Hayden, all pro. Uh, CJ Spiller's coming up. (laughs) You remember Ryan Matthews? Yeah. Running back for the Chargers and for the Eagles? Yeah. He was the 12th overall pick. Had no idea. Brandon Graham, all pro. Uh, Earl Thomas, all pro. Jason Pierre-Paul, all pro. Mikey Potty, all pro. Marquise Pouncey, all pro. Just retired. Demarius Thomas, all pro. Wow. Des Bryant, Brian Balaga, Tim Tebow, Devin McCourty, Dexter McCluster, TJ Ward, Rob Gronkowski, Linval Joseph, Carlos Dunlap, Sean Lee, Golden Tate, Emmanuel Sanders, Navarro Bowman, Jimmy Graham, Everson Griffith. Jesus Christ. Camp Chancellor in the fifth round. And then Greg Hardy, really? (laughs) The guy who fucking beat up his fucking girlfriend? And then to close it all out, oh, Antonio Brown at pick 195 in the sixth round. Wow. What absolute fucking insanity. God damn. What a draft. So, yeah. What a, what a lot of fun that was. Oh, and then Victor Cruz and Chris Ivory and Alejandro Villanueva were undrafted free agents. God damn. That's a hell so, of a yeah. class. Holy that shit. That is an insane draft class. And the Rams took Sam Bradford. Uh, I mean, which at the time I get it. It's just, and also he we wasn't, are 11 years later, just like, holy shit. Like that's, he wasn't awful for I don't think the Rams at that time had a Sam Bradford problem as much as they had a, uh, what was the coach's name? O-line. Uh, Jeff Fisher, Jeff Fisher problem. I love that man, but man, yeah, he was not a good coach. Ooh, although Sam Bradford never threw for 4,000 yards in a season. Not surprised. I actually am a little bit. He came really close in 2016 with the Vikings, 38-77, with a 71.6% completion percent. I was just going to say, was that the year he broke that record? And looks like it. Well, no, 2017, he had a 74.4%. Oh, but he only played in two games. Never mind. Okay, then, yeah, that must be the year. Um. Wow, Sam Bradford played in two seasons, uh, a full 16 games. That's it. Dude, he just got obliterated behind that offensive line, and yeah. it just ruined his career. Yeah, it's well, funny his... how many quarterbacks were just killed by injuries, and it's just like, you know they're good. You've seen their highlights. Like They had the ability to play football at that level and just were massacred. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Can't, yeah, this can't blame Deshaun Watson for wanting out. 
No, and I, I also do, have to admit I don't have too much sympathy for Sam Bradford since he was the last first round first overall pick to get it before they instituted the uh, pay scale. And so oh boy, did he make whew, the most of it. My man got paid. <laughs> Dude, like has made more money in his career than like Kirk Cousins and like shit like that. Like players who are like highly touted at one point just like raked it in. Yeah. Anyway, so back back to the 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 present day, the 2021 quarterback market. I mean, I didn't keep account of how many teams we mentioned that have quarterback questions, like real actual might make a move quarterback questions, not just speculative, hey, let's write a piece to see what we're talking about this week. And they, like actually might do something this offseason quarterback question, but it it's it's seriously like almost half the fucking league. And so it's, it raises the question of like, how are we going to value quarterbacks in this offseason? Will they get like will the surplus of teams that need a quarterback cause a run up in contract value as they bid against each other, or will the number of quarterbacks on the market dilute the uh I guess supply? Um, or increase the supply and dilute the amount of uh, earnings that quarterbacks can get since there's so many other options. I think the value of the top end guys, so like Dak Prescott, Trevor Lawrence, like the draft picks to trade up and grab, you know, a Trevor Lawrence, a Zach Wilson, a Justin Fields, like those top guys, it's going to be a lot to get them. It's going to be a lot to sign the top end free agents, which is, Dak Prescott and I guess Deshaun Watson, you can consider him an option. Uh, And then everything else is going to be fairly diminished because of how saturated the rest of the market is. Like the value of getting a top tier guy is super high, but everyone else is just kind of such a step below that. And there's so many of them that it's just going to draw their price right back down. So, yeah, yeah, I I would I would lean towards the side of overpays because like you also got to think if um, Matt Stafford and Jared Goff got tr- traded for the value each of them got traded for, um, there's a solid chance that might be and end up being on the lower end of things that happen. For one thing, because of the supply and demand thing but also the fact that we might see deshaun watson and russell wilson end up being on the move and those might involve draft picks that could be used for other like if if the jets trade for deshaun watson that probably means that the texans are drafting a quarterback at two you know and and that no matter what else goes over with him which will probably be a lot it's gonna be a fucking haul and Mm -hmm. both teams immediate and five year down the road futures um, are going to be wildly impacted as a result of it. And those teams I think are going to be what's going to, where the most shit is going to get moved teams that might need patches, like probably the Colts for another couple seasons, just because I don't think they're in a good position to do 
either of it. I don't think they're in a good position to trade for a high draft pick or draft or um, trade for a startable player right away. A guy like Deshaun or or um, even fucking uh, oh shit, who the hell was I just thinking? He, ah, I guess they could Russell trade for Wilson. Derek Carr if they wanted to, but God, why would you Russell want Wilson? to? I wasn't. I was trying to think of the one of the other quarterbacks we had talked about, um, but they're all bad. Carson Wentz sucks. Mitch Trubisky sucks. Honestly, I could see the Colts making a push for Deshaun Watson just because they have such a complete team outside of quarterback. Like, yes, they need, you know, a wide receiver. They need some help at different positions that team would be so much more complete with a guy like Deshaun Watson. Like he could make up for their weak receiving core. They could make up for, you know, other faults where they can also afford his contract and they can afford to re-sign him moving forward. So they wouldn't be nearly in a disenfranchised position compared to, you know, other teams. So I think they would be one of the few that has the possibility to do this. Fuck me. I hope I don't ever read a transcript of that paragraph that I just said. But wow, you you all get what I'm putting down. I think this could also be a really interesting moment for uh, parody in the NFL, because this might be one of the biggest um, like standings corrections in a single offseason. Because like, you know, let, 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 let's look at a few possibilities here. If the Jets trade for Deshaun Watson. No guarantees, of course. There's lots of suitors for Deshaun Watson. Um, but if the Jets trade for him, I'm not saying we're all of a sudden in contention with Buffalo for for uh, number one seed in the AFC East, but we could give a real fight to Miami at second, and the Jets might end up putting, being in a position to be in a playoff spot for once, and New England might be in a position to get, the, um, get a higher draft pick by finishing fourth in the division and maybe even setting themselves up for other shit down the road. Uh, whatever happens with Pittsburgh, who the fuck knows? Um, I think Pittsburgh's immediate future is probably going to be more dependent on what Cleveland and Baltimore look like next season than anything else. Um, just cause that division's so fucking good, but, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I think Ben restructures his contract and sticks around next year. I, think that it doesn't really make much of a difference we underperform and he retires next year and then the fun begins because then this team's going to get bad and it's going to get bad real quick hear that jj walk come on board before the before the ship starts sinking hell yeah dude get out of one sinking franchise and get on another because we're not sinking yet we got another year um but so, yes it's it's gonna let- get let Ugly me ask you a hypothetical because I'm looking at it and I'm curious. Um, which team do you think is better next year? Dallas with a full season of Dak Prescott or Washington with a competent starter for a whole season? Pick whatever guy you feel like. doesn't have to be like one of the top it's end dudes on the market. Tough. So like any quarterback, not Dak Prescott or Deshaun Watson? Yeah, or Russ. Let's take all three of them off the table. Anyone else? Um, 
doesn't leave a whole ton. I'd I'd have to say Dallas just because the level difference between Dak Prescott and any available free agent quarterback right now is a lot. And while Washington's defense is legit, uh, Dallas's receiving core, having Dak Prescott back, having you know real coaches, hopefully, it's yeah. Oh my God, yeah. Like Jacoby Brissett is number two behind Dak Prescott, Mitch Trubisky, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, maybe, but no, it wouldn't be. Uh, a fair argument or fair competition. Now I'm trying to see what teams might end up making the biggest swings. The Jets could make a big swing up. The Steelers could end up making a big swing down. Um, Houston. I was going to say something, but no, you are spot on. It has to be down. I mean, yeah, they're 12. They went 12 and four. They like, like (laughs) there's not much room to go up. Um, Houston, I can't imagine going much higher or much lower. So Houston probably stays still. Jacksonville can make a big swing up, but big swing being still quite under 500, but just more than one win. Right, um, like if they won six games next year, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. You know, if they had a good draft outside of Trevor Lawrence, I could see it. Even five wins five would win be a difference fucking win. is huge, though. Yeah, like, that's a big difference. Um, I don't think anybody in the AFC West is primed for a big swing. Anybody in the NFC East finishing over five fucking hundred would be a uh, a relatively large swing, but I don't think it's going to be too dependent on the quarterback market as we kind of just talked about. Um, no one in the NFC North, I think, is primed to make a large change. Yeah, everyone's kind of middling there. And the NFC South, the, the, I think the Bengals could if. Oh, you mean the AFC North? Oh, sorry, you said NFC. Never mind. Go ahead. Well, I mean, the, the Bengals totally could with a full season of Joey Burrow and, and worse competition if the Steelers fumble and the other four seeds in the AFC East, AFC um, stay bad. If the Jets stay bad, Jacksonville's still bad, et cetera. But, uh... So looking at the other end of things, the Saints could easily have a terrible year next year. That's what I was about to say. They could so readily fall down, and then maybe mm-hmm. Carolina, depending on what they do, could have a really big upswing. Again, just kind of depending on what their quarterback situation is and how the rest of that division shakes out. Because if they can pick up two wins against the, the Saints, I mean, all of a sudden – all of a sudden, they're, they're, they might be doing something. Yeah, I mean, Panthers with a good QB, Chicago with a good QB. Those are both teams that could make a big jump up. I think the Cardinals could if their defense starts to click and uh, Kyler keeps developing. I mean, granted, they went 8-8, eight and eight, so their, their jump up wouldn't be huge. It still would be, you know, something. Uh, the Chargers, I think, are in a really good position to make a big jump up just because they should have had 11, 12 wins. And another year of Justin Herbert learning, getting better, absolutely. The 49ers, if they are able to get like a... I was about to ask about guy, that. If they can make a trade for Deshaun Watson, you know. Because that, that might be one of the biggest overall division shakeups because if... Seattle sheds Wilson. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to say they're going to like be like a fucking, you know, Jets level two and 14 team, 
but I think 500 would be probably a good target for where they're likely to end up being. And if San Francisco could actually bring somebody in, all of a sudden you might see Seattle falling from first in the division as they just were to third with the Rams still staying good, if not improving with the Stafford trade. And then the Niners leapfrogging over the uh, Seahawks to actually gain some, some position there at or finish even fourth. If like you said, the Cardinals end up improving as well and could, it could spell a shitstorm with, with Seattle, um, which would be great because I'm fucking tired of that team. Um, (laughs) But uh, man, we're in a, in a wacky position it's going to be chaotic and that's why i'm excited yeah i'm going to be interested to see what the big moves are i'm wondering if we're going to see a bunch of smaller shit done first with the bigger guys you know not getting moved till late if they do or if we see some fucking action up front um and then the other guys kind of just get doled out and signed as teams kind of firm up their positions. I really wish we had mine this year so that we could see more of these QBs. We could, you know, get more prepared for the draft. Cause I think the draft without the combine is just going to jump up on us and surprise the shit out of us. And it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. Is it still the end of April? Yeah. Draft hasn't moved, just combine canceled. Dude, some teams are going to make some big fuck-ups, which I'm very much excited for, as long as it's not the Steelers. I I went to go look up the NFL draft, and I was like, oh, shit, it's in April. And I went to Google, and I typed in April. It did not tell me when the draft was. (laughs) Oh, man. That's just kind of where we are right now. That that's the danger of trying to Google while you're talking because you're trying to fill the time, uh, you know, so there's no gaps. But you're also trying to type, and it's a dangerous, dangerous oh, yeah. thing to do. Like the all, the times, Thursday, all the times, all the times I'm mid or just Sorry. keep doing it. Um, all that's all these times I've just like been in the middle of a sentence and just kind of like drop dead. It's usually me trying to lurk look something lurk something up and google something and then getting confused and then just everything comes crashing to a halt that's, that's, that's what we expect from you yeah circuitry overload I'm running windows 98 over here fucking DOS <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks um, yeah so so you know Corin and I we want to do more of a you know maybe have some fun with this and can do some connect the dots bullshit with where we think quarterbacks and draft picks for quarterbacks are likely to go in a different episode probably before the draft because that would make sense um so maybe in a couple weeks um but we figured it'd be an interesting conversation just kind of see where the market's at because again usually in a different year we would spend like like last offseason, we spent plenty of time talking about where's Cam Newton going to go because he was one of the few quarterbacks that was actually on, on the market in free agency, and it was a good question. Where's Cam Newton going to go? Now, that question exists for like 14 quarterbacks, <laughs> and like 
six draft picks, four quarterbacks. And it's like, fuck. I feel like last year, every conversation was about Cam Newton. And even though that's 14 times as many guys this year, there's so many of them. It's just like, where's anyone going to go? Like, I, yeah, It's overwhelming. Yeah, it's it's completely overloaded to where it's just like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just like uh, uh, choose your adventure book that's 800 pages long because it's like, well, if this thing goes this way, that goes there. And this da, 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 da. like the butterfly effect here is just going to be crazy. Which is why I think you're right, and I think we'll probably see a decent amount of stuff happen pre-draft because I can't imagine teams are going to – because it would really suck. Like, imagine if the Jets couldn't get – and I'm just using this as an example because I'm a Jets fan. It's easy. Um, imagine if the, if the Jets couldn't get a trade together for Deshaun Watson pre-draft and spend their draft doing, I don't know, something else. Uh, and then the Texans call up and like, oh, wait, you know what? We, we, couldn't, we couldn't work things out with Deshaun. Um, he really does want out and he's talking about holding out. Can we still move him? Well, now the Jets have less draft capital because a draft just happened and they used their picks and they just spent those draft picks on guys that might not be directly tied to the direction of the team in a Deshaun Watson led organization and everything is worse. Um, you'd still trade for him if you could, but you're not in as optimal position as you would be if you had traded for him pre-draft. So I, th- I think you're probably right, which means that, fuck, the next two months, whoo, boy. Um, yeah, things are going to get weird. Things are about to get wet and wild over here. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I I am going to um, not assume anything. That's oh, yeah. my, it's my plan. Um, unless Bob Nightingale tweets it, it's not real. <laughs> the Trevor only Bauer thing I refuse to believe is that the Seahawks would be willing to trade Russell Wilson. There's no way. It might make sense. It depends on how they view the rest of their roster and how capable they feel in maintaining a competitive roster while paying Russell Wilson? Because and I'm, I'm not saying this is right at all because I'm not a GM and football has complicated rosters. Um, but if you're the GM of the Seahawks and you think I can either be successful on the back of Russell Wilson for another... I don't know, pick a number of years, three years um, before I need more than just Russell Wilson. Right now they're surviving on basically just Russell Wilson. Um, Or I can be bad for like a year or two, um, save money, build in the free agency and supporting positions, try to draft a guy or use free agency in a year or two to try to build something that'll last me instead of the next three years, the next six years, maybe that sounds like, a that's far more speculative than just keeping Russell Wilson, which is why Corwin's definitely more right that it would make less sense for them to trade him. But I see a rationale as to why they would. We'll just never know that until it happens. 
Right. Like I could totally see them using that as their excuse to save that money. But the idea of getting rid of Russell Wilson and just hoping you luck into a late round or mid round QB that turns into Russell Wilson again, it's just, it's like betting on, it's like selling your house and planning to win the lottery later on so you could get a house just as good and not have to work in, in between. Like you could, oh, I'll make my money, live off the savings I have in this house and I'll just buy a new house after I win the lottery. It, you can't rely on it. Yeah. That was a much better um, analogy in my head. No, it made sense. And, and it's also, well, and I, I, I think part of the other part of the other part of it, it's a stupid sentence, but I, I think the other part of it is the question of will the NFL have as much be as captive to the wants of the players as the NBA is when it comes to demanding trades. Because if James Harden wants to get off the Rockets, James Harden is going to leave the Rockets. Um, as evidenced by the fact, James Harden left the Rockets. <laughs> um, basically when he said he wanted to. Um, and now, granted, it's also, I'm not going to say easier to get like an all-star player in the NBA, but it's easier for an all-star player to have a very significant impact. So in terms of risk reward, it makes more sense for you to just not have to deal with that and take some flyers and some guys try to work yourself into the, into the lottery um, and, you know, take it from there. But it's, if Russ and Deshaun both do get their trades after seemingly public, I want trade type announcements, it'll be interesting to see if that's the way this goes. Which I'm not saying is bad, but it would be different. I don't think we'll ever get to NBA levels just because of, you know, roster size and roster makeup in the NBA just makes it so much easier to just naturally facilitate trades. You know, player value is much more comparable. Um, and again, like impact is so much greater. There's not nearly as much risk involved. So I can't ever come like I can't even say there's a, a good chance this will happen like years down the road. But I do hope it becomes something that is a bigger factor in construction of teams. I just think it would it's more fun when you have good trades. Well, no, that's and not, for sure. you know, the Texans in every trade they've ever done or, you know, other really <clears throat> shitty trades that have happened lately. All right. Um, what do you say we take a pivot off of the... Yeah, that's right. Look at me like that, bitch. Look at me like that. Um, what... Josh just sent me a message. Eat my butt. It was not a message. It was a reply. But yes, feel free to oh, chow down. You tweeted this. Wow. Yeah, it's public. Yeah, eat my I'm butt. Okay with that. Um, let's pivot from butt. the quarterback market to once again switching back over to the defensive and outside linebacker market. Um, as it appears as though per reporting from our local Corwin Heller, um, that Von Miller is likely to get cut by the Broncos. Wow. I was very confused about something I may have mentioned or said, because 
I'm dumb. But yeah, Von Miller um, is almost certainly going to get cut by the Broncos. Um, he makes a lot of money and is old, coming off an injury and playing for a team that is not likely to contend for several years. And with the cap crunch that's going to be affecting 90% of the league next year, it's just a natural assumption that he would get cut. And now there's rumors circulating that the Broncos are intending to. Um, and it, it brings us to a, a really weird situation where, you know, J.J. Watt and Von Miller are about to be free agents. Von Miller is perpetually underrated, but now there is the added layer of him being, or at least coming back from an injury. So it will add to, in my mind, how underrated he is viewed because there's that added risk to it and his price is going to drop because of it. Um, I could see him being a very good bargain short term for a team. It will be interesting to say the least. Um, you know, obviously the rumors are going to start with the Colts. The rumors are going to start with the Packers. The rumors are going to start with, you know, all teams with large cap space and, you know, trying to make an impact. So I can't add any other, you know, definitive information or, you know, rumors that it'll be fun to talk about, but it is definitely a big name. I think, I think Von Miller, JJ Watt, and Richard Sherman are all going to go to the Jets and form the 2014 All-Pro defense. <laughs> the 2021 Jets will have the, the, the hottest defense really of 2014. <laughs> um, what's sad is like I'm to, only to I'm only half, so fucking bad. I'm only half joking because the Jets have so much cap space. If they made a trade for a quarterback with like for like Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson, and they took like a flyer on the guys because they have so much goddamn cap space and want to just make a, you know, big, weird push for the playoffs this year. I wouldn't even be that mad. I'd let it happen. It, it wouldn't really be good, just, but it'd be fun. It's just like an, a batter going up in the MLB and just like not closing his eyes because, you know, all of these guys, you know, have – production have you know the name brand the reputation like it's not blind swings but this guy's just hopelessly swing for the fences just like if i make contact it's going to the moon if i swing and a miss i'm toppling over see and I, I am all for it i choose to think of it more as a zach granky ephus pitch because it's like <laughs> either because it's garbage but if it works it works. And if it doesn't work, and you look at Zach Greinke after the game, you go, why would you throw that pitch? Zach, I can just go, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like the best possible outcome is the Jets are like a mediocre team next year. And it's like, yeah, the best possible outcome with an EFIS is like, yeah, the guy's probably going to swing and a miss because it's like 35 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour. And it's like, yeah, all right it's the jets. So like best possible outcome is like you win a couple games. Worst possible outcome is you spent so much money and fell over swinging. And that if his pitch coming in, get 30 miles at, an hour. At the, end of the, the at the end of the day, if the jets <laughs> did sign 
JJ Watt, Von Miller, and Richard Sherman, you definitely couldn't say the GM wasn't trying. Yeah. <laughs> they might not be the world's greatest signings at this point in their careers, but hey. Yeah. Could have been worse. You guys could sign Cam Newton too and really just oh drive my God. it home that like oh yeah, twenty sixteen NFL right here. Oh my god. Wow. That'd be really fun. We're putting something together here, Corwin. And you know what? Then yes. they could get a guy who used to be really good, like Le'Veon Bell. Oh. Mm. Anyway. I bet Antonio Brown's going to be a free agent, too. That dude shouldn't even be in the fucking NFL, but. Oh, God. Yeah, the fact people are celebrating his Super Bowl win, like it's some kind of, like, you know, heralded. Um, comeback story is pretty fucking pathetic. And if that person is anyone listening to this, fuck your own face. That's right. That's right. I'm gesturing at the camera very aggressively. Fuck your own face. It, it really looks like Josh is being very aggressive towards me, and I might have to fuck my own face later. And that would be different from your typical Wednesday night? That's the joke, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> Imagine fucking listening to this for the first time and like not knowing us in real life or otherwise. And it's just like, who are these fucking weirdo assholes? Us, bitch. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for real. Uh, I I guess the only other thing we really had to talk about, which is to pivot onto a serious note, is uh, is Vincent Jackson, unless you had any other comments about anything else we had talked about already. No, um, yeah, that is a, a very different change in tone. Um, you know, Vincent Jackson was one of the guys at the top of the game, at the top of the NFL for wide receivers when I first started following. And I know, you know, when I first started playing fantasy football, Vincent Jackson was, you know, a team cornerstone. He was a, a keystone for a lot of people. And, you know, I don't want to make light of, Oh, the guy was a fantasy wide receiver. Like, no, he was a very, very good NFL player. And that's just how I kind of came about being aware of him so many years ago. And, um, you know, it, it's sad that this is a discussion of, you know, mental health and football safety with CTE. And, you know, it's a sad conversation to begin with because of the nature of, you know, his name coming back into the headlines, but, it shouldn't be, you know, 36, 38-year-old players um, going through this and, you know, having to make the news because of this and going through this on their own. And, um, you know, we don't want to have to sit here and talk about the former career of Vincent Jackson, you know. you have any thoughts on the matter? I'm sure. It's – it. First off, it's a good opportunity to remember the man's career. Um, it feels a little bit shallow to say that, but at the same time, when in, in you know modern day athletics, your career is the culmination of your entire life's work up to that point, starting from age like four. So it's, it's, it's a great time to go back and remind yourself how great of a player Vincent Jackson was. And by all accounts, what good of a dude Vincent Jackson was. Um, and it's going to be another point 
in the story of CTE and brain damage in the NFL and the way mental health is addressed in the NFL and sports in general. And that's a good thing because it raises awareness around the problem and hopefully will cause change and be a guiding factor in any good changes that come as a result of it. But it's also a little bit bittersweet because I don't think anyone wants their life to be brought down to a plot point, so to speak. But I think there's a lot to Vincent Jackson that's outside of this um, that's worth celebrating. But uh, no matter what, this is going to be something that's going to be focused on a lot over the next year in regards to uh, reports coming out of of his alcoholism and how that might have been uh, partially attributed to uh, what his family thinks is CTE and brain damage as a result of his career in the NFL and what future conversations look like. Because, you know, a lot of, I think, the present conversation around CTE is, uh, hey, you know, when you're like 50 or 60, you might end up having some problems with like walking or memory or things like that. And it seems very down the road. Um but Vincent Jackson was what thirty eight, right? He turned uh, thirty eight a month ago yesterday. Yeah, I mean that's young as shit. Cece Sabathia is older than that. Um, Tom a difference older than that. Five, <laughs> four years. Drew Brees is older than that. Phil Rivers yeah. is older than that. Um, I mean, and, and there's a decent number of players approaching. How old is Indomitian Sue right now? He's got to be 33 at least. He got drafted in 2010, so that was 21 11 years ago. 32, 33. Yeah, so I mean that's not much older than Adama Kinsu. Yeah, I mean the year that Vincent Jackson got drafted, Alex Smith was the first overall pick. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's uh you know, he's the same age as Ben Roethlisberger. He's the same age as Alex Smith. He's younger than Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's just the overarching feeling, you know, the umbrella that holds Jesus. He's the same age as Aaron fucking Rogers, man. Like, it's just sad. Like that's the umbrella for all of this. It's just, it's a sad story. It's a sad state of, uh, of the, the seriousness of, of health and safety in the NFL. It is. And, and, and again, this is, this is a young fucking dude, man. I, cause I think a lot of NFL players, one, you know, I would imagine a lot of guys like most people in their twenties go, Hey, I'm not making it to what's 60. 60 is not even a number. People exactly. don't even someone, that guy was born 60 and has been 60 his entire life. It will not be me. I can't um, even count to 60. Uh, and, and this is like this guy would have been a contemporary for for a lot of players on a lot on other teams like we just highlighted like this is this is young this is this is fucking young and uh it'll be interesting to see you know what type of change comes about as a result of this and hopefully the nfl does something to commemorate this loss in a, in a meaningful way either with you know recognition on the field and off the field recognition but also hopefully actual 
steps and changes for progress towards addressing what is the biggest, most glaring issue with the NFL. Corwin, your eyes are huge. What are you looking at? Uh, Padres beat writer Kevin AC just tweeted out that Fernando Tatis Jr. and the Padres have agreed on a 14-year deal. No, they haven't. This was tweeted 36 seconds ago. You're wrong. No. I refuse to believe you're right. What the fuck? I wish you were watching my screen while I was doing that. It was really great for all of I, you I, audio I, podcast I, listeners. I was. Um, obviously, I don't think we're going to be getting any details on this deal while we're sitting here. Um, oh, wow. People are latching on to this. So please be true. I'm sorry. I just don't believe it. Oh, I'm about to come. Oh, wait. We're uh, we're watching. We watched Uncut Gems last week for uh, our other show, Juicing the Big Screen. Oh, I I'll see do it my now. Best Adam Sandler impersonation. I'm gonna come. Oh. Great scene, by the way. Highly recommend. All right, this we're is... going to do a whole episode on this because this doesn't make any sense. <gasps> I have details. The Fernando Tatis and Padres have agreed to a 14-year 14 14 extension worth more than 300. Okay, dude. I'm reading the tweet, <clears throat> and you just have to undercut me right there. I'm it's quicker, okay. to you smarter, better. I can't disagree with any of those statements. There's no way I'm quicker. If we yeah. sent him for 14 years at like under $400 million, Ah, fuck yeah. Oh my god. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Help me, I'm feeling wheezy. Oh, yeah, it's $24.3 million a year. That's a steal. All right, anyway, that's a whole whole different episode. 14 years. Whole different episode. That's his career. Well, I mean, he'll be 35. I'm going to be honest. 36. As a Padres fan, Fernando, this is a dumb deal. I, I know. That's what I'm, different episode. Closing on Vincent Jackson. He deserves it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I totally forgot. Yeah. This is a somber closing of an episode. I'm closing so on Vincent Jackson. No, no, it's fine. This was... Oh, it feels like every time we are about to finish recording or right after we finish recording, something earth-shattering happens. So, of course, it happens right now. But we will Should save we just, this. Sh- what? Should we just move the podcast back a day? No, no. We'll and just assume that all of the news comes out on Wednesdays and Sundays. No, we'll we'll you know we're good, we're good. It's all fucking groovy as shit. Uh, anyway, that we're gonna wrap it up here. Prayers up for, for Vincent Jackson and his family. Um, this is a terrible thing for for them to be going through, especially in such a uh, uh, public way and. It's going to be a continuous drip of information about this, which will keep the story in headlines for like months. Um, so prayers up to them. Um, but looking forward, we have, um, we'll apparently be talking about this Fernando Tatis Jr. contract um, on Monday's episode. We'll also be joined by uh, three-time Emmy award-winning uh, filmmaker, editor, director, producer, uh, Randy Wilkins. So keep an eye out for that. Huge Yankees fan, contributor to uh, views from 314. Um, we're, we're really excited to have him come on, talk about how to market baseball a little bit better. They're terrible at it. 
and this Fernando Tatis Jr. contract thing might actually be a swimming way to, to, to loop both those things in together. Corwin, did you raise your hand? I did. Yeah, I had a question. I was asking because I got confused as we were going through his baseball and film accolades, which podcast we were interviewing him on. Ah, yeah, yeah. We should have him on both. That'd be fun. Have him on a we should just the release right the same episode for both. Just, That'd be cool. Yeah. A little bonus content, but yeah. So definitely check that out, man. It'll be it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. We're really looking forward to it. Uh, and I think that's the show for today. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at Juicing Pod. If you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at Juicing the Numbers at gmail.com. And until Monday, y'all have a good one.